Don't you know sweet love is such a pretty thing? But lately, it's been hard to find, for I can taste it when the wind blows in, and I can see it hiding on the mountainside. I never thought it could be this bad. Yes, and I lost all the love I had. So Olivia, won't you let me? Good morning. All right. Had to end the show early yesterday. Had emergency vet trip. Some people asked how Mac's doing. I have him here. He's doing well. Look, show him your eye. He's badass now. He got bit in the eye at the dog park. He didn't like it, but we took him to the vet and they said it's just superficial which is cool because now he's just a badass dog with an eye scar. Get close. Show him up close, Mac. Mac, show him up close. Mac, show him up close. Mac. Okay. Show him the eye. Oh, badass. We're going to go to the dog park, and Katie, my fiance, is going to bite that dog's owner in the eye. Little uh, ear, eye for an eye. Human, human eye for a dog's eye. Well, tisk for tat. It's going to be very exciting. Welcome to the morning show. What's going on, everybody? My name is Jimmy. That was Mac. He's at the office right now. It's uh, August 12th, 2020. Let's see. I don't know if the chat's working on YouTube, but it says we got Jack Zander. Josh, don't forget the intro. Intro bite-sized bits of everything I enjoy. Some music, some American towns. Baseball players and books. Uh, who else? We got Jill in here. Jill, how was uh, how was the first day of school for the little one? Hope it went well. No bullies. Hope there was no no getting bit in the eye. Welcome. Hi. Good morning to Jill, James, Moesha, 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 Eric, Philly Gangster, Troy Pike, Abe's in here. What's going on? Let's see. Facebook. We got some people. We got. Christian Boyer says he's a badass. Enrique says new host of John Boy Media, MacDougall. Could be true. Katie said, is Mac all right? Yeah, Mac's doing good. Bill Agler, morning from Montana. What's going on, guys? Proach is here. Braves Marla. Got to get one of Katie biting the other owner at least. Yeah. Views still booming on Facebook? Yeah, the Facebook views are weird. I think it's like we get attacked by a bot, but then... It's been happening for a while, so I, I don't know. The Facebook page is pretty good. It does pretty well, so, but I don't know. Um, morning, everyone. So if you remember the graphic yesterday, it's all the same thing. I only did. I look really tired. I got 12 hours of sleep the other night. Uh, feeling good. Feeling good. 
I just kept the same things. I didn't, I was like, I didn't do the player yesterday. I didn't do the book, but I did the town and the music. And I was like, well, screw it. We'll just redo it. I'm not going to talk about uh, Montezuma, Kansas again, because we already did all that in the fun people yesterday in the half episode. We already listened to Raylan Baxter. I played a song from his second album or third album last time. This uh, Olivia's from his first album, I believe. I believe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know his albums, but I've seen him live. He was the only guy I saw live that was much slower live than in person, which always kind of... Usually you see like artists that play slow songs, and they're... Uh, they, like, speed it up, but not Rayland. He, like, slowed it down. It was at Newport Folk Festival, so it's kind of a slower song's venue. That was cool. Anyway, welcome to the Roosevelt Studios here in the Bronx. This is the morning show. I don't know. We can do a little Q&A for the first five minutes or something because uh, I'm not going to do Montezuma. Mo- Someone told me it's called Monty. I was listening to Rayland Baxter, and he did an amazing cover of Mac Miller's song. Yeah, there's a whole album that I think I – think Raylan Baxter covered an entire Mac Miller album. Uh, Nick talked about it on Talking Talking Folk, uh, and like they reviewed it, which is cool. It says the stream is getting choppy. Is it getting choppy for you guys? I hope not. I don't know what's going on. We got a new router coming, so that's good. Should I put my fun Roosevelt shirt back on? Roosevelts, we thought we got the big shipment. They sent us two big boxes of stuff. A third box showed up late last night with more shoes, bathing suits, shirts, everything. Bam. Do a different random town. Uh, I was going to, but I, the random towns, I, I I put a lot of work into them. And the one that was supposed to be today, I, I tried to do it. And it was like, you know, I didn't want to half-ass it. I can do... Uh, we can do an old town I lived in. We'll do a non-American town real quick. First time ever. What kind of dog is Mac? He's a soft-coated Wheaton Terrier. You let's let's go to Lindfield, New South Wales. You guys, we are the tourists here, so you got to visit a town. That's how it works. Hey, I got the shirt last week and just wanted to say thank you. Gary goes boom. Thank you very much. So for uh Drawing the picture. Katie is in the office today. I'm trying to have her to hang, hang everything up. Lindfield, New South Wales. I lived here from 8 years old to 10 years old, so the weather's going to be wrong because uh, I don't know what the weather is in Lindfield, New South Wales. Um, well, let's see what the weather is. Lindfield, New South Wales. It's 9 a.m. here, so what's that mean? Like 1 in the afternoon there? The weather there is 53 degrees Celsius, 11 p.m. This was the biggest adventure of my life, Lindfield, New South Wales. Um, Let me see if I can find where I lived. This is what I do. I have a really good memory and really good memory, and people always say, oh, how you have such a good memory? It's because I do these memory tricks. A, I kept a journal from middle school all the way till the end of college. Whenever I was in class, I would listen and I would just write down thoughts and make up stories or recap the days and the weeks. Um, so that helps with memory. And then I, I always do this. I go to Google Maps and I just thumb through. I lived in eight different towns. I thumb through the uh, old towns I lived in. 
And it helps me bring back memories. So here, this is where I lived, Bradfield Road. Um, I lived... Trying to find... All right, this was... We had a pool in the backyard. Everyone had a pool. This was my house, 81 Bradfield Road. Bam. Did I do this before? Have I done this before? Anyway, we used to walk from our backyard through the bush, tons of snakes, on this trail right behind our house. There was always brown snakes and huntsman spiders. Australia's crazy. Walked to Lane Cove Valley Walk, and I'm eight, nine years old, so this is like an adventure. And then you take Lane Cove Valley Walk all the way to Fitton's Wharf Oval, which is the cricket pitch, uh, the oval here for rugby and cricket. And that's where we would play sports. That was like my big adventure as a kid. And then let's see if I can find my way. That's where my sister learned how to ride a bike. This is where I played rugby with kids. I used to rollerblade at nine years old. Different times. I used to rollerblade at eight, nine years old all the way to this store here to pick up um, rolls and stuff for the family in breakfast time. I knew the person who lived in one of these houses, and there was a stream we would catch tadpoles. Oh, yeah. Okay, what else can I remember from this? There was a stream over here. I built a secret clubhouse. Okay, yeah, so this is where we had soccer practice all the time, mud wrestling. My buddy lived. I wonder if he still lives there. That's kind of, maybe I shouldn't say that. In one of these four houses, and in this tree right here, we built a tree fort. Bam, New South Wales, Lindfield, Australia. That's all my memories. And then the, the school I went to was this way. But they moved the school across the street. Yeah, the school was right here. It got robbed twice while I w attended there, which is crazy. They beat up our principal. Um, true story. Our principal got beat up while we were in school. A robber came off the train because uh, we were right off the tr the school was right off the train line. I wonder where that is. Um, is it like right here? Is this a train yard? School was right off the train yard. So um, twice, like bank robbers came and then they robbed the school on their way because they were just robbing. I only went there for two years. So yeah, we got robbed. Our principal got beat up and then they called uh, 11111. I think that was 911. And. They left a bag of money, and it was coins. Uh, you know, Australia has $1 and $2 coins on the ground, and a student found them and returned it. Let's see, let's see what other memories I can drum up. Where, what's going on? So this is where the school was when I went to school here, and then they switched it to over here, and on this lawn, I kissed a girl for the first time. Bam. Well, not first time. And that's that's New, New South Wales. Linfield, Linfield, New South Wales. Bam. I did a town, even though we didn't prepare a town. First time we did a non-American town. If you're wondering where this is in relation to the beach, Manly Beach is right there. That's a famous one. Bondi Beach is right down here. That's a famous one. Those are the ones we went to. Uh, DY Beach, I think we went to a lot, too. Up here. DY Beach. Yeah, I think we went to DY Beach a lot. I wonder how my mom chose the beaches.
Oh, yeah, here's D.Y. Beach. And I believe this is the... This is the rock pool, tide pool, that my little sister got stung by a stingray in. So take that, Ritzy. You like so you like tide pools, Jake? Maybe. Would you like that? People that want to be in ocean water swim laps, but don't want the waves. So Not the waves really. crash in and fill it up. I get it. Sharks have flowed in there before. Kind of fun. Ritzy got stung by a jellyfish in this very tide pool. Eat bugs, Ritzy. And then we had the runner. Where are we? New South Wales? Yeah, I didn't do a town because I didn't redo everything because we took Mac yesterday, so I just redid it. But I did the town yesterday, so I just audible to a town I lived in. We had to run her to, I don't know, one of these shops over here to get vinegar put on her foot. New South Wales. Looks like Rob in the chat's waiting to hear the first time I kissed a boy story. Hmm. So. Well... I talked about my friend Mark in Australia, and on the playground, me and Joanna were giving out all the names. We were like, Man. they were like one, two, three, kiss, and everyone was crowding around like, I dare you to kiss, dare you to kiss. Man. So we closed our eyes and went in, and he stuck his head in between us, so we he got two kisses on the cheek. Double kiss. So maybe that's the first time. Who did that? His name's wow. Mark. 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 <laughs> he still exists. They all do. Thanks for watching, Mark. Thanks for watching the morning show. All right, let's move on. Roosevelt's. Roosevelt Studios held in the Bronx. Have you checked out the new box? Are they no larger? There's a the paper has all the sizes. Like last time we threw the paper away, <laughs> that would have been much smarter to just read the receipt of the order. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, was it a stingray or a jellyfish? It was a jellyfish. That's my bad. Stingray would have been much worse. Good, good correction. The ray, the rally mullet. What's that? I love the Irwin children. She's pregnant. She is? Yeah. That's exciting. Bindi's pregnant. Steve Irwin's daughter. Love the Irwin family. Sometimes I read all their stories. I cried once. All right, anyway. Um, that was Linfield, New South Wales, Australia. Oh, I thought the Bluetooth was hooked up, but I guess not. Nope, not hooked up. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, moving on. Our player of the day today is Charlie Neal. Charlie Neal is often known as the Invisible Dodger. The Invisible Dodger, he was overshadowed because he was on a roster of All-Stars and six future Hall of Famers. That's wild. Six future Hall of Famers, Charlie Neal's teammates. And here's the most funnest stat about him. He recorded the first hit in the history of the Los Angeles Dodgers. The first hit. And then, and then, how many years later? That was in 1958. Four years later, in 1962, he recorded the first RBI in the history of the New York Mets. So he was on the, the Dodgers when they left New York and went to L.A., and then he got traded to the Mets when the Mets became a team and got the first RBI for the Mets. So that's cool. That's cool. Um, he got MVP votes in 1959. Let me show you guys what I'm looking at. He got MVP votes in 1959. Led the league in triples in 1959. Oh, good year. Good year, Charlie. 
Uh, led the year in triples in 1959. Led the year in sacrifice hits in 1959. All-star and MVP. In 1960, he went to both all-star games. They had two back then. Yogi Berra went to like all of them. He's like a 20,000-time all-star. So, good for Yogi Berra. But this is about Charlie Neal. Let's see Charlie Neal's stats versus Hall of Famers. He played with six future Hall of Famers. That's crazy. Um, pitcher status, Hall of Famer, Charlie Neal. Wow. He didn't face a lot of Hall of Famers. What's going on? Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Here's his numbers versus Hall of Famers. He got Robin Roberts, 17 hits, one double, one triple, one home run. So he crushed Robin Roberts, which is a great name. Warren Spahn got the best of him. Bob Gibson, uh, kind of split. Five for 22 with two doubles and three RBIs. 227 batting average, not amazing. 346 on base percentage, pretty good. Four walks, no slugging. The OPS is low. Grounded into one double play and got a sack hit. Uh, call it a wash between uh, Charlie Neal and Bob Gibson. Uh, Juan Marichal, three for 18. Don Drysdale owned him. Sandy Koufax crushed him. I mean, that had to be later on in their careers, right? Because they're teammates. That would be went to the Mets. Yeah, 1962 and 1963. Sandy Koufax was good. So what was Charlie Neal doing for this Dodgers team? Like, who was he? All right, so he was pretty good in 1959, right? They won the World Series in 1959, and he was good on that team. 1959 Dodgers batting orders. Where was he hitting in the lineup? He was. Okay. He started the season off in the five hole, moved to the six hole, then the eight hole, and then quickly found his way into the two-hole on uh, in April 26th. And then he stayed two-hole all season, basically. Look at that. Stayed two-hole. Gilliam, Neal, Moon, Snyder, Larker, Hodges, Roseboro, Wills, and then the pitcher. The most common lineup of the 1957 Dodgers was 10 games. Isn't that nuts? The Yankees just ran back-to-back lineups out for the first time this season, and that'll probably be the most used. They'll probably maybe three times. Maybe three times. So we've added second. That's pretty cool. What was his best stretch in 1959? MVP season. Uh Charlie Neal. Full name, Charles Leonard Neal. No nickname? You'd like him to have a nickname. Buried at Grace Hill Cemetery. Game log, 1959. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, look at this stretch to start the year. April 22nd, this hot streak started. That's why they moved him up to the two-hole on April 26th. This, this little stretch is pretty nice right here. Eight-game stretch, 500 batting average. That's how you get yourself into the two-hole, Charlie. 
Two doubles, two triples, five RBIs. And then, let's see, three games in a row with two hits. Nice hitting streak here. Looks like seven, eight, nine games maybe. All right, here's another good stretch. No, too many. Click too many. So Charlie Neal's good. Happy for him. How many hits, most hits in a game? Four. Everyone place your bets. What's the most amount of hits Charlie had in a single game in 1959? World Series winner. Two hole for the Dodgers. Overshadowed by six future Hall of Famers. Most hits in 1959 in a single game. I'm guessing four. We don't know the answer. You guys are like 15 seconds behind. So I'm going to click it. One, two, three. Five. I was wrong. He went five for six. On April 26th, his first day in the two-hole. Look how much it all comes together. The Dodgers beat the Cardinals 17-11 to in this game. Whoa. Whoa. Let's do a, a nickname check. Dick Gray let off. Wow. Dick Gray let off. Charlie Neal. Dick, Charlie, Don, Carl, Rip. Remember when I told you guys in the 60s they just went to one-syllable names? Because that's just American culture. Uh, Dick, Charlie, Don, Carl, Rip, Ron, Gil, Don, Joe, Sandy, Carl, Clem, Gene. Uh, some nicknames. <coughs> Don, Gino, Stan, Ken, Phil, Larry, Bob, Ernie, Ray, Gene, Joe, Bill, Hal, Vinegar. Whoa. This pitcher's name was Vinegar Bend Mazel. Full name Wilmer David Mazel. Where so his nickname includes they called him Vinegar, and then where did Vinegar Bend come from? That's a weird nickname. You would think maybe okay. He was from a community of Vinegar Bend, Alabama. He was born in Vinegar Bend, so that's just why they were called him Vinegar Bend. Where's Vinegar Bend? Is it still a community? Is it the most, I mean, did he did he make Vinegar Bend more famous than Vinegar Bend did? Like if I search Vinegar Bend, okay, Alabama comes up. That's cool. Maybe this will be a future town of the day. Vinegar Bend. It's a weird town name. Almost need to find out why the town is called that. Maybe there's a bend in the river. Looks like there's five people that live in Vinegar Bend. What's this? Vinegar Bend. What a weird nickname. What's this right here? Load map. Oh, so these people own horses and this is their own like horse track? Is that what this is? I think these these are some horse people havers. Mickle and Carter Road. Can't even get down there. I think it's pretty cool. They have they own all this this orchards or vineyards or whatever they are, and they made a trail. Looks like they put in their own horse. I hope this has like a really cool story. Like this is the vinegar. Well, how do you make this turn if you're a horse? It's pretty tight. The Vinegar Bend horse track. Illegal horse racing. No one knows this is here, but we found it on Google Maps. Mickle and Carter Road, Vinegar Bend horse racing. 
underground horse racing tournaments. Tournaments. Um, all right. Well, does this work yet? And that's all I have to say about that. Moving on. Away from Charlie Neal, who had a pretty good year in 1959. They moved into the two-hole hole. He won five for six. He stayed in the two-hole for the rest of the year. Books. That's the next part of the program. I've been to an underground backyard polo match. Okay, so that's what we think that is, Rob. Underground backyard polo. Did we stumble upon that? Trevor Plouffe is in the chat. Trev, we stumbled upon underground backyard polo in Vinegar Bend, Alabama. It's a weird show that we do here. It's not normal, I guess. Books. What if we can't read, says Josh. Don't forget the intro. Or a little. Well, this is a baseball book, so everyone should like this. John Feinstein, his son Mark, written some Yankee books recently. This book is awesome. It's called Where Nobody Knows Your Name, Life in the Minor Leagues of Baseball, and it's really good, and everyone should read it, and you'll have a new appreciation for minor leagues and for baseball players chasing their dream. So a lot of people are like, just give up. And then this book really changed my mind on people who are like, just give up. Start living a real life, blah, blah. But basically, it follows. Let me see if they have a list of the people it follows. Um, dude, it's like managers. The manager is Charlie Montoya, now the manager of the Blue Jays, which is really cool. Scott Pesednik. Um, did I just want a list of the names. I wonder if they... Because you'll know some of them. Scott Ellerton, his story's cool. Pesednik, Montoya. Uh, Lindsay, I think, played the most games in minor league history without ever being called up. Schwinden. There's a lot of names. They don't have, like, uh... oh, cast of characters. Uh, Scott Ellerton, Ron Johnson, John Lindsay. I think John Lindsay played the most, played more minor league games without a major league call-up than any player in history. In 2010, his streak came to an end. Um... Crazy. Mark Lolo, an umpire. And that was kind of cool to hear how the umpires get called up. Nate McClouth, everyone remembers him from the Orioles. Charlie Montoya, he was like the, he had managed the most minor league games when they were being called up to the big leagues in a while. I want to talk about him in this book later. Scott Pesednik, Chris Schwinden, and Brett Tomko. You know that name probably too if you're a baseball fan. And it just like chronicles their journey and the bus rides and why they're still playing when they're sent back and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, for some of them, they're like, hey, if I can wring this out as much as I possibly can, because when I'm 40, there's zero chance that anyone will pay me to play baseball because I won't be able to do it. I'm 35 and someone's doing it. And if I could wring out a couple more, this being my profession, why wouldn't I? And I was like, ah, that's kind of a cool mindset, but got to be up for life. Trev, if you're still in Periscope, you had a family, though, Trevor Plouffe. I think the guys in here don't, or do. I forget. But Charlie Montoya is really cool. Um, I read this so long ago, I never put it together that that's the manager in this book because at the time he wasn't a major league manager. And they they end it with him saying, the end of the book with Charlie Montoya saying um, he was the Durham Bulls manager for the Rays. Everyone liked him, but he never got called up. And his son, Alexander, had a lot of heart trouble. He was born with 
Epstein heart disease or something like that. A lot of heart trouble. And um, like so many surgeries that there's crazy quotes where Montoya said, we've been, Montoya said this about the surgery with his son. We've been through this enough times that we almost know just how to do it. I know that sounds strange, but it's true. We know to schedule the surgery for Monday because that means the surgeon will be in the hospital for at least the next four days after the surgery. Got to have a couple surgeries to understand that unless someone tells you. It's kind of sad. But um, the Rays were really good to him. He always flew back and forth, be with his son. I think his son's doing well now, and he's finally a major league manager, which is cool. And they say Montoya's whole demeanor changed. If you watch Montoya manage for the Blue Jays, he's pretty damn calm, like really calm. He was wearing a shirt the other day. What was the new slogan for it's fine because it's fine? Everything's fine because everything's going to be fine. Is that the new Blue Jays shirt slogan that he was wearing? Because their season's up in arms and he's so calm. Like He's been put through the hardest of times watching his son have open heart surgery four times that they said like he's like the fire and the anger. He's just kind of more calm and chill now playing bongo drums in the office and stuff. This book is really cool if you like baseball and you want to see the other side of it, not the superstars, the guys that are just playing to play and that's all they know and make a living. And, you know, I think the, like the slat, the, the title or like the, the blurb is like, imagine you're the best, you're the best at something growing up better than everyone in your elementary school, middle school, high school. And then you get paid to do it as a profession. And that's all, you know, but you're just not good enough to stay in the big leagues. How do you handle that? I think that's like the blurb. It's kind of cool. So, boom. Good book, Where Nobody Knows Your Name. Baseball book this time. And it feels nice. It's a nice feeling book. Random page, quote, On the last day of the season with the pennant race over, Ventura gave Johnson another start. He hit three home runs, drove in five runs, and finished his major league season hitting 364 in just 22 at-bats. There you go. Cool. Go get it if you want. If you don't want to, don't get it. But that's the end of today's show. What we talk about, we talked about Linfield, New South Wales, some, some history of where I grew up. Talked about Charlie Neal. The overshadowed Dodger and how in 1959 he worked his way to the two hole and never returned. We found an underground polo match in the middle of Vinegar Bend, Alabama. Go us. And we talked about Charlie Montoya and a good book. And bam. And I showed you Max face and he's doing great. So what a day. Now go tune in to the main channel. Jake is over there waking Jake in his butt off. Uh, Olivia, what was the song? Raylan Baxter. I closed out of the tab like a dumb idiot. Raylan Baxter, Olivia. Here we go. Outro song starting. See you guys tomorrow. And if you're a Yankees fan, Jake and I will be live today during the game because it's the last game of the series. See you later. Don't you know, sweet love, such a pretty thing But lately It's been hard to find For I can taste it When the wind blows in And I can see it Hiding on the mountain